Welcome to the House of the Lord today. My name is Pastor Mona Stephen. For all those that do not know me and for your first time here, welcome. And I'm glad that you've come and you've, you know, you were courageous enough to come in and, and to just to be part of what we're going to be doing today. We're starting a new series called Unshakable Identity. The whole year is called, the theme is Unshakable. And we're going to go through all that today, give you a little bit of what we've done for the month of January and February. Now we're starting Unshakable Identity. It is actually my favorite topic when it comes to our life in Christ. And I truly believe that if we don't get this, this will, will affect the way that actually we do life and how we respond to the gospel, how we respond to truth. And my prayer for you is that you will have the abilities to see beyond just what I am saying today, but that God would touch you right where you are because he's a God of love, he's a God of grace, a God of compassion, and he's come to meet with us today to speak to you. I am just his best and I've prayed that God would work through me and I would diminish so that he can actually uh, become more and more to you today. And so um, I want to pray that God removes all distractions in your mind. If you've come with, uh, you know, concerns or burdens or if you've come uh, confused or, or you're just having one of those days, let me pray for you. And I'm going to ask you as I pray, just lay down everything and ask God, just tell him I've come expecting today. I've come wanting to hear something because I'm in need of something. Amen? And so let's just bow our heads and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We know, Lord, that you are here present in our midst. We know, Lord, that you want to bring healing, that you want to bring uh, revelation and freedom to all those that are seeking you this day, and even those that are not even uh, aware of their need. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, just for an, an opening, an understanding, and that the spirit of wisdom would fall upon them. I pray for grace for those that are hearing this message this day. I pray for the anointing and power for me, Lord, as I bring this, Lord, from this place of weakness. I pray, Lord, that you would be lifted high and above all things this day. I give you glory, and I acknowledge my need of you, and I'm asking that you would come with power and might. I'm asking, Lord, that you would do something miraculous in our midst. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Unshakable Identity, part one. As I said, over the next few weeks, we're going to actually discover what is our identity in Christ. We have discovered the word, what the word unshakable means in the last several months. We, we saw that unshakability is a belief that causes a disposition of truth towards God. So every time we start believing truth, it creates a disposition in us to trust God in a greater measure. And the more we trust God in his steadiness, his trustworthiness, his compassion, his power, and his might, we become unmoved unshakable. Many of us, that's what we long, but we realize that circumstances can come and a phone call can come and a bill can come and all of a sudden we find ourselves greatly shaken. And so we are going to discover this year how to grow and cultivate our relationship. We're going to discover how to implement truth and how to become like Christ and live for Christ. This is going to be our whole year. Right now, it's called, it, this section is about growing close to Christ. And the way that we do that is to embrace beliefs of what God tells us in his word about who we are. Now, for the individuals that are here that have and who have believed and received the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we 
not only receive eternal life, but to the scriptures, it says that we're given a new life. That means our spirit was dead and now is awakened. But not only that, the scripture says that he's going to give us a new heart, a new mind, a new family. But he also says that he's going to give us a new identity, a new identity. And so we know that the moment, the moment we receive Christ by faith, we had all of those things, all of the things that, that, that the scripture tells us. John 1, 12 says this, but to all who did accept him and believe in him, he gave the right to become children of God. The day I said yes to the path that God laid before me through his son, I became a child of God. I don't know about you, but I don't think we really understand that identity. You know, when people ask me, who are you? <laughs> a lot of people do. Who are you? I usually tell them, well, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I used to be a nurse and now I'm a pastor. And sometimes we don't even actually equate and we don't say, hey, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. And we do life not understanding this identity. But like most people, though, we define ourselves by our passions and our roles, as I just did. While this isn't necessarily bad, it can go wrong when we start believing that we are what we do. It can go really wrong if we start believing that our worth is what we do. Our self-worth and identity can easily become tied to the things we do or don't do. An identity that changes based on performance or works isn't God's design for us. It isn't. But beloved, I have to tell you, my, many of my sisters and brothers are very defined by things that are happening in their lives, by emotions, by past experience. And what happens is they're greatly moved. He created each of us. God created each of us with an identity that is certain and unchangeable. I need you to hear this today because we walk around like nothing is certain. We walk around that everything is unchangeable, even though the scriptures say that there is no shifting shadows in our God. That means if he says something, therefore it is. So he created us with this identity. And it has nothing, it has no, not, it's not attached to our failures or to our regrets, nor is it defined by our talents and spiritual gifts. You know, sometimes we just believe that God can only use us if we have this much knowledge, or if we have a title, or we went to school, or if we looked a certain way or acted a certain way. But according to scriptures, the identity that he gave us through his son, it's unchanging, it's unmoving. And it's not based on our failures or successes or our regrets or mistakes. Nothing and no one but God defines who we are. That should be the bottom line for us. But we're going to discover today that there's a whole lot of other things that define who we are. From the beginning, God set our identity in stone with no ifs and or buts attached to it. Because we give the ifs and the buts. No, God loves me if I do this. I'm accepted if I'm, ar I'm around the right people. I, I, I'm approved if I do all of these things. No, we do the ifs and buts, but God says, I've attached nothing to your identity. Believing this, gifts, it, this gives us the freedom to be exactly who God created us to be. 
And when we do, we don't dwell in the guilt of our mistakes or the pride of our successes. When we understand the identity he gave me is through his son, and when the scriptures say about 20 times in Ephesians that we are in Christ, it means that we have actually, we need to identify ourselves, our worth, our significance through those things. So he says we don't have to actually be moved. He says we live right where God places us when we understand that our identity is unmoving and unchanging, that God has already said it and he defines it. So we live where God places us knowing that we are enough for him and that he is enough for us. Oh my goodness, I think we would have a revival here today if we knew he was enough for us. We have found out in the last two months that he isn't enough for us because a lot of times we run to a whole lot of other things to dictate how we're going to live out life. We remembered about our journey that many of us are stuck on the dot and we forget that we were actually created with this new identity with a purpose and a plan. But so many of us are swayed. We're swayed. So we need to remember our identity isn't about what we do or don't do. Instead, it is all about who God says we are. It is absolutely crucial in the next several weeks that we understand who we become and who we are in Christ. So what is identity? Let me show you. Identity is defined as the qualities and beliefs that distinguish a person. Identity, let me say it again. Identity is, um, as, um, is defined as the qualities and beliefs that distinguish a person. It sounds simple, but our identity is the core of who we are. Everything we do or say stems from our confidence in whom we believe we are or are not. Decisions are made, actions are taken because of where we place our identity. Bottom line, who we identify ourselves as affects every area of our lives. This is going to become clear as I continue this message. So don't fall asleep on me because I'm going to send this bottle into the audience. (laughs) I should wake up everybody. See, when God created our identity, he fashioned it to be constant and unchanging. He designed it this way so that we could walk in freedom and in confidence. And many of us are not walking this way now. So that's why I want you to hear this. Knowing that even though we sin and continuously mess up, which we do, we are forever loved, we're forever useful, and forever powerful because of his spirit that lives within us. You see, those who said yes to Jesus, the day by faith you accepted that path that God gave you to have a relationship with him, you also received the spirit of the one who calls himself Jesus inside of us. He is the Holy Spirit that resides in us. And now we know that Paul, he uses this scripture and he says in Galatians 20, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ in me. 
this man so identified with whatever God had spoken through his son that he no longer believed that what was defining him was all the schooling he had, all of the teaching he was given, all of those things were good. But he started defining himself by what Jesus did on the cross and how he rose again to sit at the, at the right hand of the Father. When he did life, his identity, his freedom, his confidence didn't come because of of his own strength and ability, he understood it came from the life of Christ in them, in him. See, no one and nothing can take away our God-given identity, but it is up to us to either accept it or reject it. If we choose to reject his truth for whatever reason, we are left defining our identity by things like life experiences, by opinions of others, by people Sometimes our bank account. You see, I feel safe and I feel significant because my bank account is good. Mm. If the economy goes, you are done for. So we put our identity, our identity gets developed through uh, different things. Sometimes we only believe that we are actually good enough for God if we're doing something for him. God says, no one could be good enough. That's why I sent my son for you. I see everything you do through his sacrifice for you. You are right towards me because of what Jesus did. But not only that, I've given you a new identity to actually, it's a different uh, 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 beat. You know, we used to, you know, walk at a different drum beat when we were before Christ, but now we, we should be walking differently. But many of us have rejected, for whatever reason, the truth about our identity. So we become desperate. When we do not accept the truth, we become desperate souls seeking to be somebody, but always failing short of feeling secure or strong. See, the sooner we realize that all we want and need is in Christ, the sooner we can live the lives that we have been called out to. See, the journey, the journey of finding your identity in Christ will leave you changed forever. But where are we seeking our answers about who you are? See, life is full of struggles. I struggled for the first 25 years of my life of feelings, with feelings of inadequacy, feeling inferior, feeling I did not belong. Daily, I found myself comparing who I was and what I did to everyone around me. And I didn't know it, but it was, I was living with a false identity, and one that was shaped by my, the events and the trauma of my childhood. It, it's this false identity that, that is at the heart of so many of our struggles here today. A false identity occurs when we attach beliefs to our lives that don't come from God. Let me say that again. A false identity occurs when we attach belief to our lives that don't come from God. Beliefs such as, I'm a failure. I will never measure up. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. One of the biggest messages I had that, that was part of that false identity is that whenever I was with people who were, had, you know, titles, who were used greatly by God, I'd be sitting around and they were desiring of me sharing my heart with them. But the first message I was getting, the narrative was that you don't belong here. 
You have nothing good to say. You'll never measure up to them. And this false identity shut down a lot of the opportunities for me to build good relationships or even have opportunities to speak of the love of God. And that's what the false identity does. It removes your confidence and keeps you in captivity. When we believe and live from anything other than the truth of who God created us to be, we are living with a false identity. As I grew in my relationship with God, even though I loved his word, I failed to understand the confidence and power available that was for me through Jesus. I failed to understand the connection. When I decided to be intentional to find out who I was, and it's great because Jeremiah 29, 13 really strengthened my resolve. It says this, you will search for me, and when you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. As I started searching for him and wondering why that, that, you know, that those messages were happening and why that I always stayed on the sidelines for fear of being rejected, for fear of failing, for fear of not being approved, all of these things defined me more than what Jesus said I was. And I knew at this point I needed to go after that. So I started being intentional in searching him. Well, you kind of know you can't search without the word of God. It's his very heart. It is where foundational scriptures will come and actually play a part in how you start doing life. So I started understanding and it started becoming alive. It wasn't just words on a page anymore. I came to understand that I too had been created with a steadfast identity. I didn't quite know what to do with this newfound truth, but all I did is I started embracing the truth. When God said, you are loved, when the message of my false identity said that you'll never measure up, therefore you will never be loved, I would say, no, I can, nothing can separate me from the love of God. No, if God is for me, who could be against me? And I started understanding that when scripture was said, saying one thing and my head was saying something else, I needed to decide which side of the plan I was going to fall into. I decided to fall on God's plan. His plan was to give me an identity that's unchanging and unmoving and forever the same. Even though that I failed, and which I did, even though that I never measured up because of my foolish pride and my fear, God said, Mona, I have chosen you. I have qualified you and called you a minister of the covenant. I have given you all that you need because I said what I start, I will finish. I started embracing the truth. And you know what? I discovered that false identity could not stand the test of truth. And as I grew, slowly God answered my questions. He revealed how, even though I believed his truth, I had grounded myself in a whole lot of movable things. I grounded myself in what people said about me about their opinions, about the approval of others. And whenever that it wasn't a good approval, I was greatly shaken. When I was preaching and it didn't go well, praise God, I'm free of that. It doesn't matter if I bomb today. Isn't that great? I'm still going to be loved when I walk out this church. I'm still going to be accepted. I am still 
going to be chosen, even though I bomb a message. Isn't that great? Well, it's great for me. So it might not be too great for you if I bomb. But it is so amazing to consider that I can be that loved and that accepted. And that's why when we believe our true identity in Christ, there's, a, there's a, a shaking that goes on, an assurance and a confidence. It's not how you guys are looking at me while I'm preaching. It's not how what I hear about how I preached or not. Now it's about, oh God, I've done exactly what you've asked me to do. The rest is up to you. It takes away the stress. So I started being defined by truth as opposed to those messages that I've been hearing all of my life. You see, when we are grounded in movable things, this leaves us susceptible to accepting and believing the lies spoken to me by other people, by authority, by society, by past experience, and even by myself. Any area, and you need to listen to this, any area that is not surrendered to or led by God's truth is an area that will be overtaken with a false identity. It's too risky to keep on building and upholding something that doesn't go along with the word of God. How long, beloved? Do you know I have people who are 40 years in the Lord and still don't believe that God loves them? I have people who've been 30 years in the Lord who are too afraid to move forward because they think they are a failure. Beloved, God tells us something so much different in the scriptures. Why is it that as a believer, we go to a whole lot of other things to define who we are? This false identity eventually consumes large parts, if not all of our lives. No wonder so many of us are walking in defeat. No wonder so many of us are not walking in the path that God has given us. Something else is dictating and defining us. We end up living with fear, doubt, and failing to grasp that we were created with God's strength and power. It leaves us searching for people's approval and looking to things to fulfill us. Does that sound, does it ring a bell today? If and when we start to believe, and I say if and when, because we have a choice here today to believe that we have an unchanging identity not based on what you do or don't do. It's never based on our performance and works. It's based on what Jesus already did. And so if we, if, if and when we start to believe we are who God says we are, we can actually become overcomers. We can overcome the inner struggles that come and get us every day. Those nagging that doubts, the fear that is all consuming. There is a life free of guilt, doubt, fear, and inadequacy waiting for you and I. But we do have a choice to believe truth or to believe something else. Now, Colossians 3.3 says this, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what does it mean to have your identity hidden in Christ? It means this. This is what it means. You abandon any image of yourself that is not from God. You start believing what God says about you. Now, beloved, let me just get this really clear. Believing has nothing to do about what you're feeling. Well, you know, when I feel like God is loving me, then I'll do... No, are you kidding me? You have to decide without feelings. You have to decide based on facts. 
This thing about your new identity is based on facts. You don't even have to go far in the scriptures. If you stick just to the New Testament, you read from the first book to the end, you will discover that you have a tremendous, a new identity in Christ that actually will give you the power and the ability to do pretty much the impossible in your life. When your identity becomes hidden and rooted in the revelation of who Jesus is and what he has done, rather than what you find hidden deep within yourself, you can live life to its fullest, not by the dictates, by whatever momentary messages you are hearing. There is a lot of voices vying for our attention today. A lot of voices, beloved, but I have to tell you, when you're faced with this false identity, many of us don't go back to truth to actually expose it. We don't go back to searching God. No, we just actually uphold and keep ourselves in this path of lies. And we need to actually change the way we do things. When your identity becomes hidden and rooted in Christ, things started happening for me, and it will start happening for you. Finding your identity in Christ means you do a better job believing what God says about you is truer than what anyone else, including yourself, say. That's the difference. As I started finding my identity in Christ, I started choosing truth over the lies that went along with my false identity. David Benner, a psychologist, said this, an identity grounded in God would mean that when we think of who we are, listen to this, when we think of who we are, the first thing that would come to mind is our status as someone who is deeply loved by God. If you ever in question in this, you just have to go to a scripture that we always read, John 3, 16, that says, so God so loved you and me that he sent his son to take all of our sin. He became the ransom. He actually, his righteousness now is our. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are glorified. We all have it, not because of what I do or don't do today, because of Jesus, but not just that. He says, when you understand the love of God, you start actually embracing the reality of who you are. So how do we start this journey of finding out our identity in Christ? We have to first see ourselves as God sees us. Do you know that you are well-loved? Do you know that there is nothing that you can do or not do, or do and do and do, that will change the way God loves you? One of the richest passages that we can find is found in Ephesians, where he gives us the new identity of a person who is in Christ. Now, for those who've received Christ, this is what he says. According to Ephesians 1, he says this to you today. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have been chosen. So when you have that message, when you feel rejected, when you feel not good enough, maybe you should start actually meditating on something different. You've been adopted, redeemed, forgiven, grace lavished, unconditionally loved and accepted. You are pure, blameless, and forgiven. You are received in hope and you will spend eternity with God. When we are in Christ, these aspects of our identity can never be altered by what we do. It is amazing how our failures and our mistakes dictate and define how we do life. 
No, it is time that we actually go back to truth. In the sea of confusing voices and opinions, there is only one voice that offers the true and right answer to the critical question, who am I? This one, this one question is not a one-time qu- uh, answer. I had to discover, I had to find out who I was in Christ. Throughout life, we can find ourselves questioning yet again, who am I and what have I allowed to influence my life over the voice of God? So ask yourself, what have you allowed to influence your life over and above the voice of God? Don't answer me today. But I want you to think about it. The living God has given us his word and his spirit. And he has told us we are in Christ. He alone has the final word and not a social media feed, not the latest successes or your latest failures, not your mom nor your dad, not your bosses nor your kids, not your worst enemy, not even your own voice. As followers of Jesus, we know that God is our identity maker and shaper. So why have we let ourselves? be so fashioned and defined by all the wrong things? Could it be that we're shakable because our belief about our identity is not based on truth? Knowing is one thing, beloved, but what we believe about ourselves usually determines the direction of our life. How we react, how we respond to uncertainties will give you actually the answer of where you are building your identity. Life events should expose your fault, your faulty identity. Unfortunately, as I said, instead of turning to God to seek your answers, you're going to those other voices, those other places that you're seeking approval and recognition to. How is that working for you? I did it for years, beloved, and found myself spinning my wheels and always going back to the wrong things. And so, like I said, I got back up and I started finding out who I was. I started believing all of that over all the voices, and I started believing God's voice over all of that. Therefore, in order to live out our new identity in Christ, we must determine what is hindering us from doing so which this will vary from person to person. You and I, there will be different reasons why we're defined by our faulty realities more than what the Bible says. Many times a false belief has wedged itself between how God defines you and how you see yourself. It's a false belief that is wedged between how God defines you and how you see yourself. You see, the biggest evidence for me when I'm following the wrong identity, is fear. In the last three weeks, I found myself actually experiencing fear and anxiety. See, I don't build on those things because my confidence comes because I know that no matter what is happening, my identity is unchanging. It's constant. My job, if I'm consumed with fear and anxiety and and anxiousness, and I have to be real with that, and I have to go back to God and wait and seek. What does Jeremiah 29 say? It says that if I'm searching, I will find him. That means he will show me what is causing me to be greatly shaken. 
why I'm fleeing with this responsibility. And he's always, actually, he's never disappointed me. In order to fight against these false beliefs, we must discover the exact belief we are allowing to form our identity. In the next few weeks, we will discover what is our new identity and how are we going to live this out. But it'll always be a choice to accept the truth about what God is saying over you or to reject it. I can't do it for you. I've just decided to be intentional to accept it even though I feel nothing. Even though I felt nothing in three weeks. And I knew that that fear was based on something else, a lie that was lodged between what God said I was and what I was seeing myself as. And I needed to wait patiently about God, with God to give me a verse so that I can grab a hold of it and say, oh my goodness, I did it again. But God, praise be to God, I am in Christ today. And I start reverting back to the truth of what God is telling me. So this is the bottom line. If we lived out of an identity based on how God sees us, we would no longer feel the need to find our worth in our external circumstances. Should I say that again? I think I should. Because if we hear it twice, it means we really need to take notice. Let me say it a three times. No, I'm just joking. I do it twice. If we lived out of an, an identity based on how God sees us, we would no longer feel the need to find our worth in our external circumstances. It would free us up, beloved, to be confident and stable instead of changing based on what other people are doing in our life. If they accept our comment, if we're in conflict or not, it will actually change the way we do this. It would give us the opportunity to also experience God's love for us in a new, fresh way. A lot of us don't experience God's love because we're so busy measuring up to other people's approval when we've already been approved. My worth is based that he created me in his image. That's why I have worth. Not because of what I do, what I say, what my title is. It's because he created me in his image. Therefore, my worth is already settled. My significance is already actually laid down. And God is asking me to believe that because when I do, when someone tells me they don't like me, and I'm like, oh, sad to be you. <laughs> because now I'm understanding I am well loved despite it all. Now, did I get there yesterday? Absolutely not. It was a journey. It was a journey. See, it would, when we know our new identity, it allows us to confidently and boldly share his love with others. Many of us, how do we share love with others when we don't even know how loved we are? It's kind of hard, isn't it? So Proverbs 23, 7, this is the end of my message, is this. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As we attempt to live a spiritually healthy life and as we grow close to Christ, you and I, in the next few weeks, it is absolutely crucial that we understand who we have become and who we are in Christ. See, the power truth about identity is this. I want you to listen to this. You will never know yourself until you know yourself in God. Do you get that? You see, until I came back to God and I researched how he saw me through truth, 
Did I really figure out who I was? Isn't that a, I, I don't know, but it's, it was an amazing quote. I needed to share it with you today. So today, if you do not know the God that I am talking to you about, the God that could give you a new heart, a new mind, a new life, and a new identity, all you need to know is recognize that you are broken and you need someone bigger than you. And God already set a plan for you. His name is Jesus. If you want to have the power and the ability to break through the bondage and the hurt and the past experiences, Jesus is here for you today. And the moment by faith you receive him is the moment you have that new identity. You don't have to actually be perfect to come. You come as you are. Isn't that great? But for those who know Jesus, let me ask you one question and we'll finish it off. What influences, what influences you when it comes to who you are? Is it the voices of those that are in your life on the whole, how they respond or don't respond to you? Or is it the voice of God and what he says in his word? See, the choice will always be ours to accept or reject this truth that your identity is eternally secured, unchanging, and unmovable. That means for us, beloved, no matter how heavy and high are the waves and how hot the fire is and whatever you are going through, you need to go back to this thought. You are secure in him. You are hidden in him. You are complete in him. And when all of the despair and the discouragement and the anxiety that comes, you are going to speak to that anxiety. You're going to speak to that discouragement. You're going to say, not on my watch. I'm going to choose truth today. I might not feel it. I might not know it. But I do know one thing. You said my identity is true, unchanging, secure, and always there. It is constant. Knowing is one thing. Believing and living by this truth is a different thing. Are you living under a false identity or are you living under the true identity in Christ? It is time that you abandoned any image of yourself that is not from God. And we need to start believing what God says about us. It's a will decision. I will decide today that I am loved, that I am forgiven even though I mess up, that I am given grace and I'm given a way out. I decide today that I am secure in the beloved's hands. And even though people don't love me or maybe not like me, I'm going to push away the sense of rejection and say, Oh God, but I am beloved in your sight. Nothing can change that. God, reinforce, fortify, give me the ability to believe one more time. If you are longing for this, you're longing to let go of the approval that, that, you know, how it drives you to be someone you are not. God says, come to me. Embrace the secure identity I've given you. I have the only right and the power to speak this over you. And because he's a God that is trustworthy and all loving, I can trust it. That's why unshakability is based on belief, not based on feelings. 
I believe today I am a child of God, dearly loved, warmly welcomed, and deeply accepted. Not for what I do, but for who I am. Amen? If you have issues with your identity, this is where you start this week. You start by exposing any faulty identities that you might have embraced. You start by being real with that. And as we go on in the next few weeks, God will give you other truths. And it will be up to you to accept it or reject it. Amen? All right. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the truth that truly sets us free. When we know it, you say it makes us free. Lord, I'm asking for people who will be intentional, who will do exactly what the scripture says, that, you, that they will search you out so that they can find you. But that requires, Lord, that we are intentional in seeking you. It requires a decision that if you're calling us, that we will follow. God, that if you give us truth, that we embrace truth and that we obey it when faced with things. I'm asking for the blessing of understanding. I'm asking God for an open heaven, a breaking of bondage and chains that have kept your people stuck, defined by their past. God, I'm asking for freedom in the name of Jesus today. I thank you, Lord, for showing up. I thank you for helping us understand your truth about us. And I thank you, Lord. I ask you for a special blessing upon each and every one who has heard this message this day. And I pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus.